What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. Let me just start here by talking to you about how odd this is for us that play fantasy baseball, 60-game season for Major League Baseball. How odd is this for, for you personally? Uh, it's, uh, it's something new, that's for sure. I mean, we've never dealt with this before. And, um, you know, I mean, hoping they play and hoping that the baseball is good but have no idea what's going to happen. And it's really hard to to rationalize drafting certain players when, you know, you just don't, it's such a short amount of time. It's a small sample size. Eric, could you give us some advice on how to run a fantasy league during this time? Again, it's very different with it being 60 games. I'd imagine some of the rules would have to change with these 60 games that we've got to deal with. Um, I think the nuts and bolts are about the same. I mean, I, I think there are certain categories you might want to switch up in a, from a, a six-month season to a two-month season, like wins for starting pitchers. Where there may not be many wins for starting pitchers in the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, stolen bases possible that nobody feels like running and that could be very uh you know all the numbers are going to look the same i think the most important thing in a truncated season is to make sure that everybody in your league is cool with the rules get that done well in advance whether it's uh, which statistics you use which site you use it on whether people pay money this year for their leagues um that's an important factor maybe not everybody wants to so i think communication within leagues is almost more important than what you actually do to the leagues. So Eric Carabell with us in the baseball show with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. So uh, you're talking to a guy that's uh, an American League guy, so I'm all good with the DH, especially now with it being universal DH for an experiment for 2020. So uh, are there top candidates that come to mind uh, from the National League that would be in that DH conversation for you? I think most teams are going to go with a committee, a designated hitter. Um, it's certainly the Cubs. Kyle Schwarber is not exactly uh, a gold glove type outfielder. Let's put it that way. Although he tries hard. He could be the regular DH. That would mean more playing time for him, which I think is good. But I think most National League teams in general are going to go with some kind of committee. The Reds could have a platoon at DH. The Phillies might do the same thing with Jay Bruce and a right-handed hitter. The biggest change that the DH makes in fantasy baseball, having a universal DH, is more National League hitters become relevant, and perhaps the divide between National League pitchers and American League pitchers goes away. Uh, there used to be, you know, when in doubt, take an NL pitcher because the league ERA in the NLL and the NL is like a half a run lower. That's going to go away now. In fact, the NL might have a higher league ERA than the American League. So, to me, this uh, makes it more even for starting pitching, and it gives more opportunity. Howie Kendrick should play every day for Washington now. This is a yeah. good thing, and we know it in fantasy and I'm tired of watching pitchers hit anyway. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, there's only a few that can actually hit the baseball. Now I get more value by having a DH. Those that don't get a chance to play or those that are not very good in the, in the field, they get a chance to play every day. So that just increases my value and, and total um, for my fantasy team. Uh, from a pitching standpoint, you know, when we boil it all down, Eric, we're talking about, what, 12, 13 starts for a lot of starters? Uh, what, what starters come to mind that could be able to get this done? Um, I mean, you're talking 12 at the most. You mm-hmm. know, even Garrett Cole and Jacob DeGrom, I'm not even sure they're going to make that many starts. And I do believe that most starting pitchers are going to be uh, having shortened outings in the first two, three times around. So I think what that means in fantasy is that you want to take 
more hitters early in your draft and kind of fade the starting pitching. And Garrett Cole is going to be awesome, but in relation to other starting pitchers, the huge lead he would have on everybody else is smaller now because he won't get as many wins, more wins than everybody else, or more strikeouts. Garrett Cole is probably throwing four or five innings in his first couple starts, and then he'll be stretched out. There's just not enough time in this summer training. So I think the top starting pitchers remain the top starting pitchers, but you might want to think about hitters in the first five rounds as opposed to a starting pitcher because the difference in Jacob DeGrom and somebody you might get in round 10, say Zach Wheeler, might not be so much now. I want to ask you about young players. You know, the White Sox uh, are a team that uh, were able to retool and rebuild with young players. Luis Robert, from everything that we are hearing from the uh, summer camp, tell you what, Eric, uh, he's hitting the ball hard. He's 22. He's a young guy, but they really look at him as a cornerstone for the future. Players like him, uh, players like uh, Jimenez, uh, Dylan Cease. What do you? What are your advice for young players that will be playing in the league? Because the White Sox have a number of them. They do, and Luis Robert looks like he could be special. Um, we have him going in the first 10 rounds of a draft, which is very rare for a rookie, although he's not really a rookie. He's inexperienced at this level, but we know he can play. We know he can steal bases. So I think he's going to be very good. Neil Jimenez, I think the White Sox have a terrific lineup here, a nice mix of balance between old players, young players. They have speed. They have um, Magical, who could do some nice things as well if they give him a chance to play. So, to me, the White Sox are very interesting. The, the, the big talk around prospects right now is and the top prospects in fantasy baseball that we think are going to play this year, Dylan Carlson of the Cardinals, uh, Mackenzie Gore of the Padres, Nate Pearson of the Blue Jays, expect prospects to start the season in the minor leagues, but only for about a week. And then their time clock switches over to where franchises get an extra year of control. So it's just a week. So if you're thinking about drafting, like, Nate Pearson and Dylan Carlson, they're going to be in the majors, but you just got to be a little bit patient. And these are going to be real X-factors in fantasy this season. Nate Pearson throws the ball 100 miles per hour. He, he could be among the strikeout leaders, and there's no innings cap on these guys because they're only making nine or ten starts as it is. I love your top 300 on ESPN.com because when we take a look at, uh, let's say, the top 20, whatever anyone wants to say about baseball, baseball's in a great uh, situation right now with young players that are under 25, 26. Lindor's on your list and in your top five. Juan Soto, who we saw with the Washington Nationals, is just 21. Bregman's 25. Baseball's in a, in a good spot. What what are your thoughts on the, some of the top players that you have here? Because Yelich is right at the top from Milwaukee. Right, and my rankings might look different than most people's because I've got Yelich as the top player in fantasy for this season, yeah. and I would have in a six-month season, over Mike Trout. And the reason why I have Yelich and Acuna above Trout is more stolen bases, more of a five-category option. But if you look at the first couple rounds of most fantasy drafts, most of these players are in their 20s. Some like Acuna and Juan Soto are barely starting out. A lot of value there and a lot of upside. We saw with Raphael Devers of Boston last year. He's only 23. He got a lot better. He stole bases. So in a general sense, younger players are more healthy. Um, there's upside there that there might not be with, say, a J.D. Martinez or a Verlander who's nearing the end of his career. So if baseball can just figure everything out, there's a lot of great young talent that the world can't wait to watch. So I hope they get on the field, and I hope in a year they figure out the new collective bargaining agreement because it's a great time to be a baseball fan if they just play. There's a lot of great players that are young.
Last thing we have for you, Eric, and we appreciate your time here on the baseball show. Relief pitching, you know, from the Cubs standpoint, oh gosh, they they're just not. I don't think they're 100% happy with Kimbrell, <laughs> and I know that I would not draft him. I mean, he'd I'd have to really be in dire straits to be able to pick up Kimbrell. I don't think that he is the the present or the future for the the Cubs. But when you look at relief pitchers, haters on the top of the list, Yates from San Diego on the top of the list. What stands out most about the relief pitchers in fantasy? What stands out to me is that there are very few that you can really count on as reliable options. That say if they lose, if they blow a save in the first week or so, the manager won't get concerned. Ten guys, fifteen at the most. I mean, if Kimbrough's first outing or two is bad, they'll go to somebody else. Rowan Wick is there. If Archie Bradley or Nick Anderson blow their first saves for their respective teams, their manager will just look somewhere else. So, to me, if you want to get a guy going to get a lot of strikeouts, a lot of saves. You might have to spend a little bit earlier in a draft. You just mentioned Hader, Yates, Liam Hendricks, um, Aralvis Chapman, Brad Hand. These are guys you can count on. They have done it year after year. They get you strikeouts as well. The one thing I'll say, though, in this season, with the new extra inning rule, there's going to be more blown saves than normal. So let's be a little bit careful there. But then again, you don't want to take chances and hope that a guy like Ian Kennedy or Jose Leclerc can get you double-digit saves in this truncated season. So make sure you get the saves that you want. Although I will say, if, if you're going to punt a category, saves is probably the first one that I would punt because there's just no idea who's going to be getting the saves for about half the teams in baseball. All right. Uh, all right. Selfishly, I'll ask the question about Kenley Jansen. I'm wondering, from your standpoint, have we seen the best of Jansen? Because this was like the next coming of Lee Smith, wasn't he? I mean, everything, just big guy, just throwing fastballs. Uh, and I... I don't think we are, we are going to see the same Jansen that we saw even two or three years ago. It just seemed like a t- different uh, ball player last year. He was absolutely a different ball player. And mm-hmm. the last two years, too. I mean, he gave up 13 home runs in 2018, I think nine last year. So while his strikeout rate was still there, his ERA went way up, his saves went down, his blown saves, he had like eight blown saves last year. So to me, I don't want to say he's at the end of his career, but he's been doing this for a decade now. He's been very successful, and he also had a heart issue, a heart ailment. So I'd be careful. This is a high-risk player. Guys like, like Jansen and Kimbrell, a little bit older, a little bit more mileage on those arms, be careful here. And, again, they're on contending teams that have to win now. So Jansen's not a guy I'm targeting in the first 10 rounds of any draft. I want to get someone younger, someone healthier, and someone who doesn't give up as many home runs. Eric Carabell, ESPN senior writer, covers fantasy baseball. Eric, thanks so much for your time. Hope we get a season. Absolutely. I hope we do, too. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.